1: folks, just a few minutes. Yes, Tim. By the grace of the herald, Adjudicator Shrew, is there going to be a war? Is there going to be a war? Let me put this as plainly as I know how. My fellow adjudicators and I do not want a war. This country does not want a war. We are still investigating the tragic events concerning the town of bellwethers close to the border. I have not yet seen any evidence that agents of the Consolidated Linger Straits played any part in these uh, said tragic events, and I would urge everyone not to listen to hearsay. If that evidence is found, then obviously I would expect there to be consequences, but that does not mean allowing ourselves to be distracted by those who are simply seeking to stir up trouble.
2: <laughs> now, I
1: hear now some of our local politicians are claiming the CLS was responsible for the, uh, the Greater Glottage Radio Miracle this summer as well. I mean, come on! <laughs> and remember, all of this happened in my territory. I, I, I... Nobody is more devastated, more furious about this atrocity than I am.
0: adjudicated, with the wrathful eyes of the herald
3: upon you, What if evidence should
1: be found? If evidence is found, a sacrificial levy might be appropriate, but I don't think anyone is interested in matters escalating further than that under any circumstances. And as for the so called Parish of Tide and Flesh that operates in the western midlands of the peninsula, we have dedicated a special team to rooting these renegades out. No expense has been spared. They will be found, and they will be dealt with. I'll take you next, Ed.
3: In sight of the courier, adjudicator, a swift call must be answered. Are you looking forward to the spring election?
1: (laughs) I am looking forward to the spring election. My (laughs) re-election. And and no, I, I haven't picked my pairing yet, but there are some great candidates out there right now, some really fresh divinities, and I think you're going to be just as excited about meeting my running partner as I am. All right, one more. Emily? Mm-hmm. Look, let me put it this way. These are the Silt Verses, and these are its disciples. Sarah Griffin, Maeve DeBrun, Sarah Golden, Daphne Nitsuga, and J.V. hampton
2: I really am sorry about your nose.
4: Yeah, don't don't worry about it. There's a pox-smoking glint days drive from here. He'll fix me up.
2: The old woman digs. Her nose is stuffed with two bloodied tissue plugs from where I hit her. She wears bone-white linen trousers and a necklace of bone knotted with root. Snow is falling all around us onto the knotweed and elderwort that grows up around the ruined stone walls of the garden and the crumbling stone walls of the lych house. Below us Beneath towering black cliffs, ocean waves break and crash upon the shore. To the north lies only miles of white, shimmering moorland, as insubstantial and as frail as any mirage. Beside us, a corpse waits to be buried, its sightless eyes filling with snow. When the old woman grows tired of digging at the frozen earth, she puts her spade to one side and she tends to it. It's bloated with rot, this corpse. Its nails extended out like rows of ribs, ripe and stinking, and recognizable as something that's been in the water for far too long. But the old woman, she handles it with quite extraordinary care. First, she washes it from head to toe, cleaning skin and exposed bone alike. She unpicks the filth from the dead body's orifices. Then she draws certain marks in a careful hand in white paint across its skin. She does not, like the harried undertakers of the cities, swaddle the corpse in thick bandages or conceal its reality with theatrical makeup. Instead, she dresses the corpse limb by limb in thick cotton, rubbing it up and down with sweet-smelling oils that she massages into its skin. And as the aroma settles, the stink of the body itself seems to alter, becoming earthy, and warm and pleasant. It's as if she's revealing rather than concealing the realities of the decaying dead. I don't think I've ever seen the living be so tender with one another. She digs, I watch.
4: That one's odds. Feel free to give her a scratch under her chin. She'll like that, won't you? His brother's around here somewhere, and thought it was funny at the time. How's the leg? Strapping's not too
2: tight. Hmm. Oh. No. Not too tight at all. Feeling much better now in general. In fact. On the contrary, I i think your head's still
4: all in a muddle.
2: Excuse me? You keep
4: giving me these very hard searching looks every time you think I can't see what you're up to. was your sense. You've been drifting in and out of consciousness in my house for three, four weeks now. If I ever intended to report your arrival to the authorities, it seems logical you've already have woken up in the hospital or in handcuffs. You spoke a little while you slept.
2: Uh, how much do you know?
4: Oh, the broad strokes of the matter. You've been on the run, you have a, a great dislike for agents of the law... You whispered a few names that seemed to mean a good deal to you with anger or affection. Something about a trawler man they used to worship out on the the Delta. Not more than that. The brother of Faulkner really seems to be in a, a torment. We'll see that much.
2: You can't even imagine.
4: Of course, um... Despite all my best intentions eavesdropping, what I never did hear was, was your own name.
2: Carpenter.
4: I'm Stuart Acanta. It's a pleasure to have you here, Carpenter.
2: Since we're on the topic, I'd appreciate knowing where here is.
4: Well, this is the south coast, about 100 miles southwest of Glottage. I found you about four days' walk to the west, slumped in an abandoned car out in the delta of the White Gull River. You were still breathing, but it seemed extremely obvious that you were shortly to die, so I brought you here, to the garden of my god. I call it an attempted act of kindness. You, odds and ends, are a rare breed. The only lasting survivors I've ever taken in.
2: And which god do you serve, exactly?
4: I've heard of the Cairn Maiden. Old soil breath the bone crow.
2: No, I don't think so.
4: She waits in ruin. You'll be alone when you first see her. Perhaps when you're walking up on a rain-bitten road, tired to the bone looking for a place to lie down and cursing yourself for setting out in the first place. Just a a tall, indistinct figure in the shadow of a distant building or or upon the spire of a faraway hill. When you get there, you'll be gone. But uh, I should have left you a cairn to mark the way. A little pile of trembling stones... And the longer you walk, whether it's days or years, the more you tire, the more likely you are to see her again. Closer now, a little more distinct. Her long, clasping fingers outstretched towards you, soil pooling through the worm-bitten pockets of her skin. And you'll be afraid at first. That's the only reasonable reaction to feel... Afraid. You might begin to imagine that you're being hunted to your death by this strange figure in the distance, that she's stalking you from afar and, and growing nearer all the time, but oh, that isn't it at all. You're walking closer to the last stop on the long road. That's all. The place where she's waiting for you to meet
2: her. Something wrong. I saw her before. By the river. I know you did.
4: You spoke of her while you slept as well.
2: Well, What precisely does your God want with me?
4: She only wants one thing from anyone. And it's a smaller price than any God I've ever heard of. She wants to meet with you in a place where you'll stop walking the appointed place, the place that's been sleeping in you since the very beginning where you'll, you'll lie down and stop struggling and be still There's the place all of your steps have been leading you to yeah, that's where the maiden wants to meet you to cradle you in her long hands and uh, lay you down in soft earth as your body becomes a ruin amongst ruins.
2: If you're about to tell me, my days are numbered. I first glimpsed her
4: when I was 12 years old. Scared the shit out of me. Well, I haven't died yet. But once you've seen her at a distance, you'll find yourself wanting to see her more clearly. You want to understand the smile upon her face. You, you want to see whatever's beneath her veil. You, you want to feel her long... Hands sweep you up when the moment comes that you've been waiting for. This is a deeper sleep in the maiden's arms, a softer ending than any other. Isn't such a bad life, dwelling upon your death. (sighs) I wander the roads looking for the unburied corpses, the stray sacrifices left out in the fields, the ones our god doesn't have time to claim. I perform the acts of the maiden's final tenderness just as well as I can. D- did she say anything to you, by the way? Did you did you glimpse anything?
2: No. She didn't say anything. Well, she
4: may yet, if you see her again. She likes to show you the
2: place ahead of time. So you know where you're going to die?
4: Upstairs, on the second floor. <sighs> see that window? It's a desk and a very comfortable chair. Walls filled with books is where I do most of my writing. Maiden will deliver me there. That's why I bought
2: the house. You don't know anything else. You don't know when or how or why it's going to happen. No! Does that frighten you? Not like you think. The older
4: I get, the the more I find I, I can't stand to be away from that death. Whenever I have to spend time on the road, I find myself becoming agitated. I start to think that I might mess things up. Somehow a clumsy slip on Oose Rock and my life will end in a place it never should have and the maiden won't be waiting there to, to meet me. What a waste that'll be, eh? <laughs> so uh, all the circles of my life keep growing smaller and smaller. Not that I mind, overly. I mean, the vast majority of people perplex and terrify me. I have a... Proposition for you, Carpenter. Leg there needs time to heal. You need time Use that time here for yourself. Gather your strength, settle your thoughts before you go back to your people. Just wait for the, the heat to die down, as they say on the radio. To see, see if you can find a little of that peace for yourself. Yeah, I've got supplies for the winter, and I can make you up a, a camp bed in the garage. I won't even charge you for the privilege. Uh, you'll be making yourself useful after
2: all. Useful? How? All
4: right, it's floating in again. It's floating, and be ready to hook it. Careful, Not so hard you're going to burst it? Oh, it's going back up. You missed a chance.
1: Yeah, I can do without the running
4: commentary. Look, why don't I just swim out and grab it? Do as you like. Either one will be left with two corpses to drag up the cliff single-handed. Oh, it's coming back! It's coming back! Be ready! Ah, oh, you've got it! Good Ah, oh,
1: Good Ah. Oh.
2: Ah! Base and flesh. Where do all these bodies even come from?
4: They they test a lot of the experimental guards out on the coast. The new ones. Yeah, it takes a lot of sacrifice. Afterwards, they dump the bodies in the ocean. Take a look at this one. I hmm. well, look, someone's hallowed him, or tried to anyway. <sighs> There's been a lot more bodies washing up this year than I've seen in a very long time. Well, the legislators have stepped up their production. If there is going to be another war, they'll need all the help they can get.
2: Who told you that? That there's going to be another war? And the
4: corpses sing to me.
2: <sighs> but who told the corpses? Ah, I
4: suppose I hear it from someone before they go. Now, there's 231 steps back up to the Lich Gate, and trust me, by the 100th step, you'll be wishing you were dead. Which end do you want to carry, head or legs?
2: Oh... Which end is least likely to come apart in my hands? On balance, you're safest with the legs.
4: Legs it is. Together. Three,
2: two, one. The days and the months go on like this. I walk the grounds of the Garden of the Dead. More bodies wash ashore. Acantha and I cleanse and bury them, rotten and twisted as they are, with nothing but kindness. The old woman stands over each corpse as it's laid down, whispering the same gentle words. This is the place. This has always been the place. You are always walking towards this moment. We were always waiting for you here. The soil will swallow you. The roots will tear at you. Foxes and flies will bear you away. There's nothing left to hold on to. There's nowhere left to go. There's no need to worry anymore. Once, when Akantha isn't looking, I try softly mouthing the words along with her. It feels awkward, transgressive even, like I'm intruding or blaspheming. But the words are kind, and I enjoy their closeness to my breath, so long as I can forget that I'm the one who's spoken them. My leg begins to heal. I build her a crane, a swaying hammock that lifts the drowned dead from the pebble beach below up to the safety and the silence of the garden. It's quiet here. The walls are high and overgrown with ivy. Now and then, I even begin to fancy I can hear the corpse song drifting upwards from beneath the tangled grass. The pilgrimage upriver begins to feel like a very long time ago, another life entirely. I begin to imagine how it might feel to linger on in this place a while longer. And then, one night, a dead man begins to scream. A
4: caster. A camper. It's all right. Grab a shovel. Grab a shovel and
2: dig. It's hard to see what I'm even digging for in the moonlight, half sleeping and half delirious, with the muffled shrieks floating up from somewhere beneath me. But at last, my shovel strikes something that snaps. Acantha falls to her knees, parting the soil carefully with her palms. ...and reveals something to the open air. Please! The dead man lies rotting in the hole where he was buried. His legs are shattered strings of bone... ...dangling from leathery tendons. Cosmos petals rise from the carved open vase of his empty stomach... ...a bower of rich vegetable purple... In place of his tongue, a thick maw of maggots, fused at the stem, which shakes and writhes from behind open jaws. The dead man does not move, and his goggling empty eyes do not meet ours, but he continues to scream all the same.
3: Please, I
2: have to get home. I have to warn them.
4: Is he alive? No. No, but there's a, a seed of something holy in him yet, yeah? keeping him from his rest. And sometimes it doesn't take. See, and they wake, and they shriek. I'll tell you what I know.
1: Uh, Everything I know. Just let me go, please. I have to get home. They're waiting for me there.
2: He's a saint, isn't he? That's what you're doing here. That's what you're up to. You're turning them into saints. Carpenter,
4: there's nothing to be frightened of here. Not for you and not for him. There's nothing the maiden wants for the boy but his rest in ruin. Now, you don't need to trust in that, but I hope you can trust in me. Do you trust me? Yes. I'm grateful. Here, come take a look at him with me, see if there's anything you can make out, anything that can can help make sense of him uh, See when when they wash up, there's nothing to identify, then that's the trouble. Can't figure out what might be the root of it, and it's there's no guarantee that they'll have the words to tell you. Wait wait
2: he's He's one of ours. What, you, you recognize him? Uh, I recognize the fish hooks. This tattoo on his wrist. I don't know the man. Yes, he's one of ours.
4: Yeah, it was a, a wash-up, I remember. Yeah. stormy day, maybe nine months back. Fishes writhing in his belly. No faith's illicit. Maybe he was caught, sacrificed or hallowed. Tossed out into the water afterwards, Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. Please.
3: I have to warn them. Please. They're waiting for me. They're waiting for me
2: at home.
4: (laughs) Coffee. keeps on like this, he'll wait the others. He needs to be buried again, somewhere, somewhere it can take. Do you think you could be happy here, Carpenter, in this garden and in this house? I'm sorry? Is it within the realm of possibility that you could be happy here after I'm gone, doing this work, living this life? Uh, sooner or later I'm going to need to make my appointment with the maid and, and these days I, I find myself thinking it might be sooner rather than later. Uh, I, I go gentler, knowing I was leaving the house to someone else who cared.
2: Yes. I think I could be happy here. But what? But I don't... I honestly don't know if I have it in me to start again. Not with everything that I've done. Not with everything that's been done to me.
4: You know that's foolishness, don't you? I mean, there's no such thing as a fresh start. We're all scrabbling amongst ruins that will long outlast us. I think the maiden has a task for you. Mm, That's the truth of it. I think she has need of kindly hands to help this boy back to his proper rest. And Bless your heart, but you've been adrift ever since you came to me. I think you need something from her too. Make one final pilgrimage, carpenter. Bear this dead boy back to his home. Find a good place by the water to lay him down to sleep and, oh, you will see how soundly he sleeps. You'll be serving your troller man and delivering his faithful back to him and you'll be serving the care-maiden in your aching footfalls in the endless road and, well, in wet soil. Heaped upon rotten bones she will appear to you again or she will not and then either way, once your task is over you can decide whether this is a life you could bring yourself to live. If you arrive at your parish of tide and flesh and you decide you were wrong to leave them behind. sure they'd take you back if not you can find your way back to this house and this garden and begin building something else for yourself well what do you say
3: please please they're waiting for
4: Rifle, flask, compass, map. Uh, Copy of our book, The Winding Path in Ruin. (laughs) If you'd like to read it, of course, I won't test you on it. And uh, here's a satchel uh, for your food supplies. Uh, It's pretty dry by now, but uh, uh, you don't want to risk him getting close to anything that needs to, to keep.
2: You'll be here when I get back, won't you?
4: One way or another... If you um, if you find me slumped in my meeting place when you return, the garage door is unlocked. Spades will be hanging on their hooks. You you know what to do. The ends may may take a nibble out of me if he's left hungry for too long, but he's welcome to it. Uh, not to claim special privilege, but if you can find the space, I I prefer a corner patch close to the lark spur. I'd like. Blue flowers to grow up and out from within me. Safe travels to you, Carpenter.
2: Same to you. The moorlands lie before me. Wild heather and prickling gorse drifting in the winds, rolling out into the distance. The house of the dead is a lonely and insignificant ruin here. A single human pinpoint in a vast and empty landscape. I feel cast adrift, I suppose. A little hurt and a little hollowed in leaving this place behind. Somewhere to the west, far beneath the steepling crags and bluffs, is the White Gull River and the god that almost drowned me. I scan the hills and the rocks for a glimpse of a silhouette, a familiar veiled figure Watching me from a distance, leading me on. (laughs) And so, moaning corpse on my back, I set forth.
0: Listen to me. I teach these children according to the laws of this country. At this school, they learn nothing but the names and rights of legal gods. That's not what they told us upriver, Professor.
3: They told us that if we paid a visit to your schoolhouse by the water, we'd find all kinds of religious contraband stowed away under the floorboards. Fish hooks, prayer chalk... And this. The Silt Verses, 5th edition.
0: That's not mine. One of the students must have...
3: Oh. You follow the forbidden faith of the Trawler Man, Professor. No. You infect these impressionable young minds with rash and violent teachings in pursuit of an unsanctioned criminal god. Please... Please don't do this. Sergeant, chain the professor's ankles together. Drain cleaner. Industrial strength. No expense spared. Hold him down. Get his mouth open. Wait. Wait. Can he swallow enough water to dilute the bleach before his stomach lining collapses? Let's find out. Brawler man of tide and flesh. This might taste a little worse than your usual sacrifices, but I can tell you, it's a fine vintage compared to what's coming next. Pour the rest in. Burn the schoolhouse. They won't be coming back here. Gage... You're right, sister. It burns.
0: Planning for your next trip?